keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations today. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we are very privileged to have with us today Teresa Paulson, who is founder and director of the Breath of Hope Foundation, and she's internationally recognized as a yoga master, holistic healer, and has a quite an interesting story. Welcome, Teresa. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Cheryl, and thank you for having me. Oh, we're so glad to have you here. Now, this morning you are in New York. Is that correct? Yeah, rainy New York this morning. Rainy New York, and you've just turned from Indonesia, so that was a long trip. You were there for a few weeks? No, we were there for two months this time. Usually we're there for two months every three months. Oh, wonderful. Well, we're going to hear a lot about your programs there and the difference that it's really making. Now, um, I want to focus today with our program, Inner Teacher, Outer Leader, and explore the power of stepping into one's own leadership with a single vision, because that really did happen for you, Teresa. Would you explain a little bit about what happened for you when the 2004 tsunami happened in Sri Lanka? Uh, I have my yoga program uh, in the school systems in New York, and uh, I was actually approached uh, under a dinner. Uh, to uh, a friend, David Reeves, a writer of the New York Times, uh, speaking to me really about you know how, how how could I not take my programs to Asia and the importance of the programs and how it would help the uh, the children there, um, and uh, took it home and that same morning had a very very strong calling um, very early in the morning and. Uh, realized that my life would never be the same again. Wow, that's quite a moment. And so what happened for you when you felt that? Um, there was a very clear uh, intuition uh, from within my heart and knowing that what I had been approached with was exactly what was needed, that, um, that I didn't have a choice other than to follow through. Um, it was extremely hard. Um, I was uh, from a divorce and um, uh, not too 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 far before that uh-huh. uh, a teacher in the school systems having two children and um, my children had to accept uh, the actual movement of the process and graciously did hmm. um, but the importance of uh, showing up for such calling um, there is no questioning. It's a, it's a very clear intuition and, and knowing that one must show up and follow through. And you had been teaching yoga for some time before that, and your, um, your own yoga studio, The Heart of Yoga, um, you started that back in 1992, is that correct? Um, a little bit earlier than that, yeah, earlier. yeah. And it's it was it's really uh, heart of yoga is the program that I bring into the school systems uh-huh. and helping the children, uh, both physically and emotionally, uh, through all different kinds of level of, mm-hmm. whether it was schoolwork or personal personal um, situations. And in New York, um, you have been bringing the heart of yoga program into the school systems there 
for a while now. Um, what was it like when you first attempted this, when you first brought this into the New York school systems? Um, it, it took about a year, year and a half almost, uh, politically-wise, to get into the systems. Um, people were still uh, being educated in a sense about what the, the yoga was doing. Um, and it really only took form because yoga became much more a fashion. Um, and at that point, I could actually start uh, bringing the yoga in as an education, uh, trying to show to the school systems the effects that it had on the children, uh, both with their way of studying, um, also their way of dealing with difficult situa- situations within their families, and um, and many different forms of trauma showed that the actual practices that we were using and the way we were using them were helping the children. What is it about yoga that has such a profound effect on these children? Mm-hmm. When these practices uh, were created over 5,000 years ago, they were clearly created as a science to help heal the individual, really take a certain form of responsibility within that allows the human being to focus on the breath, focus on using the breath in ways that brings a certain healing uh, to the system and uh, quite rapidly. Um, I had understood it uh, from within my own practice of 20 years, but when I started using it with the children and saw a very, very quick effect, I realized there was something else even deeper uh, to that. And when we uh, started Birth of Hope, uh, Birth of Hope, uh, through the measures that we had had, um, um, established through the scientists that were working with me on the project, saw an incredible change within the children and the teachers that um, made me to believe that there was something even stronger uh, going on about these practices um, that were not uh, shown within the society we were living in because it had been too much used and abused in the sense of, um, you know, um, not in the right uh, way that you actually can use these practices through the eight lamps and integrating it into one's lives, both on on the inner and the outer world. Hmm. And so when you have these young children, and the ages that you're talking about, the ages of the kids are? Anywhere from six-year-olds all the way up to 21. Oh, my. Okay. When you're, and let's take high school kids. Um, high school is a very challenging time uh, for kids, and they're really in the process of finding themselves and hopefully being prepared to um, step out into the world. Um, what kind of changes did you see in some of those kids who were consistent with the program? Um, taking this medication, uh, sleeping better. Um, understanding the importance of what they were eating had a huge effect on their uh, learning abilities as well as their um, test takings. Um, there was a more uh, solid grounding um, within them um, as individuals, uh, socially as well as internally. Um, it's, it's clear that these practices are very much rooted in um, getting 
a very uh, strong connection to the heart mm. and using the heart uh, to in connection with the actual breath and the oxygen in very specific ways that um, gave them a clarity, a uh, deeper sense of concentration um, to many different kinds of aspects of their lives. Mm. This is fascinating. And so as you said earlier, um, that the individual takes a certain kind of responsibility. And what I'm hearing from you is that um, in all of this, there is a building of confidence for that child. It sounds like self-esteem is increased, Mm -hmm. and there is some sort of acknowledgement in them that their actions have a consequence and that they can do Mm -hmm. something about that. Um, And, and, you know, in today's society, often kids don't really get that. There is a sense of powerlessness that, you know, people do things to them or the school system is in charge and they don't have choices. And the um, it's interesting that there is something seemingly as simple as yoga, although I know there's an awful lot of discipline in this, but seemingly as simple as yoga that can shift the belief system almost of these right. kids. Would, would you say that's true, the belief Absolutely. system? Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, when you integrate the eight limbs uh, between the... Um, or what I what I really saw if, from what you were talking about is that the eight limbs consist within the first two limbs, meaning very much working on the inner and the outer world on a psychosocial level. Um, the the first five um, are how we perceive the outer world, and the ne- the next five are how we perceive the inner world. And um, those uh, ten formats in connection with the asana, the postures and the movements, uh, together with the breathing techniques, uh, the pranayama. Um, okay, let me, let me stop you because I know that there are a lot of listeners who don't know what the eight limbs are. Yes. And actually, I need clarification. <laughs> so if you can explain first what the eight limbs of yoga are. They, what, what is that about? Uh, well, they are, they are eight, uh, you could call them arms, um, that reaches uh, within... Uh, the actual human uh, system and also reaches from within to out. And they have very clear directions. Um, the first one is, again, has everything to do with how we as individuals perceive the outer world mm-hmm. and how we work from, um, just to give you an example, the first one is ahimsa means nonviolence. Um, how, how do we work as individuals causing the least harm in the world um, oh. within ourselves uh, as well as the outer world? Uh, the next one is satya, which means truthfulness. How honest and truthful can we be with ourselves? And until we truly have an understanding of that, how can we even practice or be in truth uh, in the outer world? And um, following, so, so in other words, it works uh, very deeply on psychosocial aspects, uh, on purifying uh, ourselves as individuals, and yet the entire system is um, a heart-opening practice. Uh, uh-huh. So it, it, it almost, the entire system is almost like, if you think of the Mississippi uh, River, um, that sort of flows and goes around it, uh, the rocks and 
moves the two obstacles and uh, masses and volumes, and, and yet has a very clear direction and depth um, that as it goes down to the river, it, it gets higher and it becomes stronger and it finds its way um, and gets more powerful. Um, as it goes through the, the many different planes and it and it travels and it and and goes and ends up eventually obviously into the sea, which is really us as 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 the human existence the, the humanity um, That's fascinating we're going to get into more detail about this, and Teresa's going to help us understand this further right yes, after this yes. break. From the stock market floor to your computer, you're listening to Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. It has been said that to live is to choose, but to choose well, you must know who you are and what you stand for, where you want to go, and why you want to get there. On Reap What You Sow, with host, performance management specialist, and executive coach, Alana Daly, achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse. Reap, through redefining your goals. Educate your mind, your body, your conscious, and unconscious. Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be. Success, over and over again, and wealth result when you Reap regularly. Reap what you sow with Alana Daily. Broadcast each Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Reap what you sow. Learn the rules of the game. Then play better than anyone else. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. 401s, stock, mortgage, retirement, wealth. We cover it all. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're back with Teresa Paulson this morning, and Teresa is the founder of Breath of Hope Foundation, and we're talking about how she has taken the practice of yoga and applied it to the development of young people. Um, Teresa, you were speaking about um, how you've taken this into the New York school system. Could you now talk a little bit more about um, that, that concept of the eight arms of yoga that you were explaining to us and how... Are there actual yoga movements or practices that 
in either support or are directly related to each one of those limbs or arms of yoga? Um, it doesn't work just specifically um, like that. It's more that it will definitely heal and help the individual if there's a certain kind of uh, illness or if there's certain organs that has to be focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, the system itself um, has six, dif- six different levels, and uh, when you work, um, you have very specific poses that follow one another simply because there are certain organs that are very important to uh, bring attention to it um, as a healing aspect before other organs. Now, you had some experience with pre-med school, is that right? Correct. Ah, so you were interested in the body long before you applied yoga to healing. Um, what made you leave pre-med school? Uh, well, I was working uh, uh, with deliveries of babies for uh, almost 12 years. Um, and what led me really was to the... the so, well, first of all, it was the at the time, the scheduling-wise, because I got called in in the middle of the night, and uh, uh, it was quite difficult being that I had two children of my own. Oh. Um, but at the same time, my own practice uh, was getting stronger and stronger, and I had some very uh, important um, wake-up, if, if you'd call it, uh, from these practices. And I saw the, the effect of these practices on a psychological level. Mm. Um, and at the time, also, with my children in schools, I saw the problems that the children were going through, and I saw how they were being fed also and how that affected the children. Um, so, again, the, the, the yoga system is not just one thing. It is, has a lot to do with treating one's own, um, both mind and body, uh, as a temple, and mm. knowing that what you put in um, has a very strong effect on our thinking, uh, feeling. Um, and with that, um, I had a, a very clear vision also about uh, the world that we lived in uh, today, um, the kind of responsibility that we have to showing up in the world uh, to each other um, and not just think that we're here uh, being for ourselves, but really uh, sending a message or giving a message um, with these strong tools to the children mm-hmm. in learning to take responsibility uh, and in supporting whatever traumas uh, they had experienced. With the New York school system, stay on that track for a moment, um, you were able to help individuals, individual children, and I imagine they took some of that back to their family. Was there an overall effect on the school or the school system? Did the school or school system look at um, changing the types of food they were providing for the children or changing the kind of physical activity the children were involved in? Um, in New York City, not as much as in Asia. Uh-huh. There are much more resistance um, in the West. Uh-huh. Um, there is, a, it's almost like a slowly, slowly they have opened up to ideas to even bring the actual practice into the curric- curriculum. Um, yet, um, to really 
use it in the way that it needs to be used um, on those levels you're talking about has been very, very difficult. They're slowly opening up to it. And when you say slowly, um, are you having conversations or have you seen conversations um, happening with people at school board levels or principal levels or you know, where are you seeing the conversations? Yes, but in both, the, in both, both levels. areas. And uh, I keep um, emphasizing and trying to meet and, con- you know, to communicate with them, um, really emphasizing also the results we have had from the uh, medical measures uh, within Breath of Hope uh, because that's very important, of course. Um, with these measures, we saw the the um, the change and the support that it was giving uh, within the children. And uh, so, therefore, after we um, when invited to the Medical Congress uh, in Bangkok, Thailand, um, and showed our measures and saw the, you know, even if there was resistance, even in the medical world, but but after seeing the results, um, it was a very important aspect to heighten to the schools here. Um, and like I said before, some are beginning to open up more. Mm-hmm. Others are not. There's still a lot of resistance. Um, I believe it has a lot to do with the resistance of allowing the um, the message that I'm trying to bring out, which is also very new, uh, about what is sustainable and how can we bring sustainability into uh, uh, our children, uh, being that they are the future, they are the the truth of any form of change that we can we can make in the world today. Um, so you say bringing sustainability into our children. Um, are you talking about um, bringing strength or their ability to carry on in the world, or what exactly are you meaning by sustainability? Um, sustainability to me uh, has has all to do with with humanity. It has to do with the. Uh, Authenticity and the truth about above the laws that we think in the outer world are um, are guiding us. Yet to me, the the sustainability is the truth that lies within the human heart, um, the self, the physical aspect, the social meaning, um, the existential um, movement that can be be brought forth further into to the nation, um, and really give a depth um, and a clarity about the importance of that we're here um, really as, as a, a movement um, of coming together mm. and being for each other um, uh, doing other than just for the me, me, I, I uh, yeah. syndrome and it, which only creates more separation rather than really bringing us together as, mm. as people, as as a movement, really, towards uh, nature, mm-hmm. moving back to nature, to the, the source of, of where and who we really come from. Who we really come from, yes. And in that spirit of sustainability, you are very interested in not only teaching the yoga programs, but to creating teachers of the programs. And so teaching... Um, teaching the teachers, essentially, Absolutely. of these kids, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very big part of what we're doing. Um, the only 
possible way, uh, specifically in Asia, that we can create sustainability in the sense of, of uh, you know, otherwise we would have to be there all the time. Right. And what happens with that is then you have exactly what you don't want. You don't want them to come dependent on you. Right. You want to create independence. And through that, the importance of giving these practices is that you give them and you give a certain amount of them within a certain period of time, and then they have a period of time where they actually digest these practices at, on an individual level, and uh, not, you know, in, in their lives as well as in their surroundings. And then we come back in and we give the, uh, more of the practices, we advance the practices, so that it becomes a self-sustained program in their own timing that's not forced or uh, manipulated in any form. Um, but rather that they find it within themselves. That makes a lot of sense. So teaching the teachers, teaching the teachers to teach uh, within their already works um, only strengthens them as teachers uh, as well as mm. in their individual lives. So it has multiple effects. Absolutely. It's not just giving them information and tools to then teach kids, but it's actually transforming them along the way. Absolutely, it has the, it, it's what we call the ripple effect from from the child, uh, really from the teacher to the child to the families to the communities and then into the nation. Hmm. And this is uh, this is very crucial because in, in places like, for example, overseas in, in Asia, where we have been working so much from the from the disaster. Um, what has happened there, so many wonderful people have gone in to give uh, many different things, um, you know, how rebuilding of houses, clothing, food, uh, you name it. Yet nobody is really trying to um, emphasize uh, really a support uh, to the soul. And as, as soon as there has been a disaster or any form of trauma, um, and we know this from anywhere in the world, uh, we all have trauma in different levels. Um, when there is the trauma, nothing is ever the same again. Right. So if we can, if we can help in serving um, these practices back to its origin, really connecting the, the nature with these practices, the source of our existence of where we come from, um, then they have a tool that's extremely empowering uh, for them to make their own decisions and feel better in their lives and know and see that there are other possibilities than, than what they have uh, experienced. So what you're saying, I think, is that the empowerment that begins to build in that individual or in that child um, transcends the trauma in some way. It... Um, Instead of it being instead of it being all focused on the trauma that happened to them, they begin to see how they are in choice in terms of how they respond or how they then move forward out of that trauma. Okay. And the yoga builds that belief system in them. So Absolutely. you're you really are talking about change from the inside out. Absolutely. Yeah. It is a. Um in a flowing um, from the breath uh, into the heart, a, an awakening um, to really find one's consciousness deeply from within the heart hmm. uh, that then brings forth uh, strong intuition, strong clarity. Fascinating. 
We'll be right back with Teresa Paulson. You're listening to The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On the economy and the markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Market. With Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The economy and the markets. Clear thoughts in a complex world. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're speaking with Teresa Polson today, founder and director of Breath of Hope Foundation. Um, Teresa, we've been talking about the power of yoga and how it ha- it heals and how it transforms individuals. I'd like to talk about the concept within yoga called mindfulness. We hear that word a lot these days, and um, I'm curious to know how you define mindfulness and why you think it's important. The mindfulness is um, the meditation, the meditative states um, that is involved in the yoga, uh, usually actually within the practices, the way that it's described in the scriptures is that we are actually not even allowed to practice the meditations before we are at an, uh, an, an intermediate level, it's simply because the mind is too busy. Hmm. So what we do in many of the first um, parts of the yoga is we create a deeper sense of concentration by using the movements, the postures, the asanas, it's called in Sanskrit, um, to quieting the mind by using the breath and the movement 
in uh, finding that deeper sense of concentration that then leads us eventually to be able to sit in stillness and find the meditation. Hmm. That has always been um, something you hear from people is, is they're too busy to sit or um, it's so hard to quiet the mind, it's too difficult, and so they become discouraged and they move away from the practice of meditation. Um, what would you say to them? Um, doing the, the, the postures, the movements first. Um, it's not that I'm saying that yoga is the only way, but uh, using a practice, a body-mind practice, and a practice that are very much focused on the breath, because as you know, as soon as you take a very, very deep breath, immediately the entire system goes into a, a different state, a more natural and relaxed state, so that you actually can find that stillness for a moment before you even move into to something else. Hmm. Um, the yoga practice is very strong in that because you're using the breathing and the moments at the same time as well as the eight limbs that we spoke about earlier. Hmm. Breathing is something we all need to do. <laughs> and um, it seems to be getting a lot of attention in the last few years. And you would think that why would it need a lot of attention, we do it naturally, right? And yet, what what are we not doing that um, needs to be different about breathing? We're not breathing deeply enough. That's it. Um, well, it's, it sounds so simple, but yet the breath is right under our nose, you know, and, and most people are only breathing, you know, to the diaphragm and uh, it basically to the, to, to, to the center chest rather than all the way up to, to the third eye, you know, really starting from the lower abdomen and uh, following the breath and really allowing it to fill you up. It, it, the most simple form I can, I can explain it is it's like watering a plant half uh, just to, you can either, you know, watering uh, the, the, the plant with a few drops of water or you can really water the plant um, so that it actually gets, uh, gets life. Oh. Um, and the, the same thing with, the, with human being. I mean, the, the birth is more important than water. It's, and yet it's so simple and we don't use it to the, to the fullest. And we don't use it. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And it is a very, very uh, key component um, to our life, our existence. Uh, it's uh, without the oxygen, or with the oxygen, I would rather say, we're able to heal ourselves uh, in many different levels um, from within. Interesting. So if we consider ourselves in some ways a desert, and um, that the breath is the water to feed the desert, then we need to give it a lot <laughs> in order for it to thrive, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's about finding that center, that, yeah. that uh, equilibrium. And, you know, there's a reason why we have night and day and, and darkness and light and uh, why there are two aspects, two dual actions happening that, that needs to meet in the center. And that center is the, the sound, the depth of the sound or the silence or the rhythm of the breath that is very much needed for us to be able to find the center so that we can truly find our, um, our uh, um, authenticity um, and that deeper sense of connection in the heart uh, that is very much needed to uh, be what we're here to be, be to our fullest capacity, be the leader uh, that, that is uh, 
possible within us all. Um, that can be an inspiration to others that can follow through, um, that uh, can make a change in, in the world of coming together. Mm. Um, possibly, uh, you know, in one way I can explain it is um, uh, if you see the, the, the beauty of the outer part of the Golden Gate Bridge, as you look at it, um, you see that it's connecting to, t to two sides, mm -hmm. but yet uh, that is really um, the most important because that is the collaboration between the two, the connection between the two, um, just like the night and day and, and darkness and light that is needed. Um, and uh, many people, or not many people, but a few people out there in the world are really trying to show that in, in different ways. I mean, you, uh, you see, where are you? You're located out in, where in California? In San Francisco. San Francisco, <laughs> well, there you are. Where the Golden Gate Bridges. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, actually, there's many wonderful people who are actually uh, living and uh, showing that form of integrity in your area. Mm. Um, you've got um, Lynn Twist, uh, yes. who's yes. all about align yourself uh, in her book, uh, um, your own soul. Um, you got um, Paul Hawkins, who just uh, wrote uh, a new book that's coming out. Um, uh, you know, you have uh, wonderful quotes in that book, uh, also about people uh, coming together. Um, yeah, you got really many wonderful people out there. There are people, um, a lot of people in this area who are doing very rich work, uh, as you are. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how you balance. The roles of being of service and being a leader. Being a what? A leader, because you are leader of your nonprofit, the Breath of Hope Foundation, and there are obviously things that you need to do um, to support the foundation, to be an ambassador for the foundation, to uh, continue to raise funds, and. There is also the concept of being of service. Um, how, how do you balance those things? Um, it's in my belief that it's in all human potential um, to be really the best of us in learning to see how we can feel and serve the world in any possible way. And, and that to me is, is the, the, the root of that is to find one's uh, true authentic self um, to be able to reach and to give uh, towards other. The other is the karma yoga. Um, the karma yoga means in serving um, humanity and the world without having any expectations in return. Mm. It's unconditional love and that is what the Breath of Hope Foundation is rooted in. Um, having no agenda but rather a continuous serving of what is needed. Um, it's a very, it takes a very uh, strong sense of looking and listening. Um, it has stretched me further than I possibly ever thought I could be stretched. Mm. Um, it's, uh, it's about being that inspiration which is needed, but yet it's, it's not about me. Uh, it's about the um, movement that Birth of Hope Foundation has in its own that when you start doing this kind of form of serving without having any expectations, um, then it allows you and moves you from one direction to the next and from 
one human being to the next uh, that has a very strong form of integrity um, that one must learn to listen to and uh, not try to have an agenda or control or manipulate, but rather um, learning to listen. It's a, it's a uh, you know, what I would call a divine synergy. It's a, a listening to the nature uh, and its guidance um, of what is, is needed uh, and, and shown um, as a universal truth hmm. that then has that ripple effect of many thoughts and ideas um, that really takes us more towards each other, learning how to serve and listen to one another um, it's about the center again uh, that mm-hmm. I spoke about before, the sea, the equilibrium, um, and not thinking that we're here um, to just do for ourselves and uh, take, and um, but really um, continuously uh, bringing us towards one another. And it sounds like we really can't be successful moving toward one another or being of service to one another unless we really know ourselves, unless we can feel that center in ourselves and move from that place and make choices from that place in ourselves. Um, I like the the quote that you refer to often um, from Latsu that says, knowing others is intelligence, knowing yourself is true wisdom. And so yoga or some sort of mind-body connection and movement is a way to get to that wisdom. It's the heart that gets you to that wisdom. It's the heart that gets you to that wisdom. And it's the constant investigation from within um, that leads you to be able to see the mirror in front of you that reflects what it is and what direction you have to move from. And it's a continuous connection and listening to one's heart, investigating what that heart means and um, what it feels and um, what what direction does it want to take and what feels right. Um, there it's crucial with the practices, at least in my experience, um, that if we don't have a body-mind practice that really roots us and gives us that uh, depth of rootedness, just like the tree mm-hmm. uh, with, its, uh, with its roots, that um, if you don't have that, you live in your head. And in the head, uh, it's primarily the illusion. It's a different language than the actual heart is speaking. So if you can integrate the heart and the mind and then that clear sense of intuition from the divine energy, from nature, from mm. God, from whatever name you want to call it. Um, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. 
Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexsaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. When know how to activate that switch and so can you the winner's attitude with jeff and val g broadcast each friday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel the winner's attitude switch me on are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market if so then you need to tune in to profitable investing with jordan kimmel every thursday at 8 a.m pacific time jordan kimmel will train you and what you can do to beat up the big boys on wall street as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. From the stock market floor to your computer, you're listening to Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're speaking with Teresa Polson. Teresa, you were sharing with us the work that you've done in Sri Lanka and Indonesia after the tsunami in teaching children and teaching teachers of children um, how to use yoga to move from a sense of shattered hope to a sense of uh, a positive future. And um, I'm wondering if you have... Um, any stories, what were some of the most influential or touching moments that you had um, in that region while you were teaching or, you know, during some process there with the tsunami survivors? Yes, I've had many. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, we are, we're working in some of the um, most poor villages and not only have they, you know, are they experiencing poverty, but they also have experienced disaster. And um, there are many uh, diff- difficult aspects um, that are happening in Sri Lanka, for example, um, many more than just what I mentioned. And the uh, the amount of what the children had to um, deal with there are tremendous and because the practices are so powerful um, the effect on the children um, I 
think because they've had so many issues, um, has taken a, a very strong effect very quickly. Mm. And um, I was questioning it first because it was children, because children very much are like sponges, yeah. taking everything in very easily. But uh, but rather, when I uh, when Breath of Hope really started working with uh, the Sarvodia movement, and this is a movement that that moves in um, really in serving uh, over fourteen thousand five hundred villages. Uh, we started doing a training there for their staff and teachers and social workers and psychologists. And um, we saw the same thing, that these practices um, are, in fact, exactly what I had ex uh, suspected them to be, but not only with the children, but also with the teachers. And it was very, very powerful uh, for me to to be able to give these practices to um, a, a, a group of people, uh, which is a, a teacher training um, that we're running, where we have about close to 56 uh, teachers and staff people from the Sarvodia movement. Uh, these people move in, as I said, to over 14,500 villages, and they are... Um, you know, one, one, one uh, teacher or staff member alone um, will serve nine villages a week. Oh, my. And we have um, just alone in May and June only two of those uh, uh, teachers that are doing the two-year teacher training with the Hope Foundation um, will be serving close to 40,000 children. And this, to me, um, is um, extremely uh, empowering to know that we can reach that many uh, children that have so many issues that are surrounding them. Um, so that has been a very strong experience for me. Um, also, to work with children that not only come from poverty, as I said before, but also have been through disaster, who have lost parents, uh, whose some of mothers have been, um, as, you know, uh, served, serving in other countries for other matters. Um, they have so little to hold on to um, and when we have given these practices the outcome has just been magical and uh, you know it's like taking one step at a time I'm not looking for the outcome um, but the process itself within the last two years has uh, you know we have very much uh, been focusing on service delivery, which is also why we're reaching over 10,000 children alone in Sri Lanka, um, and of course now have to really um, bring the uh, the administration, the the other part of the Federal Foundation, up to the same level. Um, so the work we're doing is working, and uh, very important to follow through. Um, we see also on the ground uh, a lot of NGOs have left um, and one of the more difficult issues are that people and children are not trusting uh, because they have seen people come and go so easily and have not been sustainable have not followed through and Birth of Hope is all about following through and showing up um, 
And, and so the Breath of Hope Foundation, your, your job with the Breath of Hope Foundation is to really create um, the opportunity for individuals to go and teach and stay. And that takes, that takes um, a lot of support. Absolutely. And uh, the reason we uh, have been focusing on teaching over, you know, teachers there um, is to empower the people. Yeah. Um, I'm there as a visitor. The practices have all, are already there. It's, I'm only as a, a reminder and messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm there to empower their people. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, when I have traveled, I have only had either, a, you know, one volunteer to actually assist me or um, there's been, a, you know, famous photographers that has um, been with us at times. Um, but other than that, uh, it is definitely to empower people on the ground um, because it's needed. Right. And it gives opportunities for them uh, for other jobs. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's about respecting uh, somebody else's ground and yet mm. allowing them to know that, we, that we're there in serving um, from, a, from, from the heart. And so the Breath of Hope Foundation gives hope. And, um, Teresa, we so appreciate your willingness to trust yourself, be courage, believe that the voice you heard was a real voice, to take the stand to make a difference, take what you knew and simply apply it and let it grow and create it you know, let it have a life of its own, and that takes courage. You know, that's a real leadership moment, and you've continued to demonstrate that over time. The Breath of Hope Foundation, um, I imagine, requires funding, and um, people can learn more about that at your website. What is the website? It's uh, www.breathofhopefoundation.com. Dot org. Dot org. Yes. And uh, if, if people wanted to contribute, they could do it through the website. Is that true? That's correct. Or if somebody was interested in learning more about how to join you in doing this work. They, they can uh, also email at uh, Breath, of Hope, uh, Breath of Hope Foundation at, no, excuse me, Breath of Hope at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Yes. Okay, great. I... Um, I know that you're, you've inspired people today, and best of luck, although I don't know that luck is what you need, <laughs> to, with well, all of your work. Uh, maybe and, that luck. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for um, being the courageous leader you are, and thank you for being with us this morning. It's a great privilege. We appreciate all the listeners we have, and we look forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you, Teresa. Remember, everybody, the world could become a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you.
spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and leading conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.